when God tells us to wait, He's telling us to learn and to wait with joy because when the season arrives and the fullness of time comes and the door finally opens, believe me, you're going to need everything you learned in that waiting time. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Pray Through, with a look at why some prayers go unanswered. Just recently, I read in the book of Acts how the disciples said that their primary purpose was to minister the Word of God and pray. How simple is that? Yet, as they stayed with their commitment to prayer, these former fishermen and blue-collar workers turned Rome upside down with their preaching and ministry. You know why? Because prayer works. Prayer changes things. And even when we feel like God hasn't answered some of our prayers, He really has. For God always answers prayer in one of three ways. He says yes, no, or wait. So let's go a bit deeper into that thought as we begin part two of the message, Why Your Prayers Aren't Answered. He said, if you love her, you love you. If you don't love her, you don't love you. Marriage is the only time in life when one plus one equals one. Because the two become one. So any other time in life, one and one is two. You got two because you got one and one. But when you got marriage, it's one. And so Paul's point is clear that now that you're married, that woman, sir, is an extension of you, a part of you. Paul says, as you treat her, you're treating yourself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh. But he nourishes it and cherishes it as the Lord does the church. So husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He loved the church sacrificially. He loved the church selflessly. He loved the church first. And that's how husbands are to treat their wives. And if we treat them badly where they're hurting because of us, God says you're wasting your time in prayer. Go get it right with her. So say with me, men, husbands love your wives. Well, that was underwhelming. Let's try it again. Husbands love your wives. As Christ loved the church. Now just say with me, I'll do my best. There you go. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on. Now, so sometimes God says no, but then sometimes God says wait. And this one's really important. And we've got to understand the ways of God here. When God says wait, Ecclesiastes 3.1 gives us an undeniable, irrefutable truth that is attached to our prayer life. Now I want you to listen to what it says. And think of prayer. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. God is a God of timing. And we need to understand when it comes to our prayer life, every purpose of God in our life 
has a timer attached to it. Every purpose of God has a timer. Now, in this verse, he used two very important words. The first one, time. The second one, season. But there are two different ones. There are two different words. He says, there is a time for everything. That word is the Greek word chronos. Chronos simply refers to the passing of time. Well, we say to somebody, what time is it? They say it's 11 o'clock. That's chronos. Chronos is the chronological passing of time. How long did the service last? It lasted an hour. That's chronos. So it's timing. It's the duration of time. But the second word is season. And here lies a lot of ignorance and misunderstanding and lack of understanding on the way that God works. He says there is a time for everything and there is a season. There is a season for every activity under the sun. That word is not chronos, but season is the Greek word kairos. So say with me chronos and then kairos. Now, kairos is not the duration of time. Kairos refers to the opportune time, the suitable time, the right moment, the favorable moment, the ripe moment for something to happen or for a decision to be made. There comes a time in the kairos of things where we need to make a decision because God has brought us to that moment and to that season and to that time where now it's the season, it's the kairos to finally make that decision or go that way or do that thing. The Bible talks about the fullness of time. And that's a kairos statement. When something occurred or will occur when the God-ordained season has come. Let me give you an example. Ephesians 1.10 says, Paul is writing, he says, this is the plan. In the fullness of time, that's kairos, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Here's what he's saying. The time is coming. It's not here yet. But the kairos, the season, the moment, the ripe moment will arrive when God will turn the entire world over to Christ and Christ will rule the world out of Jerusalem with a scepter of righteousness and with peace. And that time is coming when Jesus, Lord of lords and King of kings, is going to put the devil into the pit and Jesus Christ, King of kings, is going to put down all evil and he's going to rule the world and the lion will lay down with the lamb and we will have peace and war no more. Now, he says, in the fullness of time, the kairos, that will happen. Another example in Jesus' parable, the wheat and the tares, the Lord refers to the judgment that will happen when he appears because when he comes back, he's going to judge the world. And look what Jesus said. I'm quoting Jesus, Matthew 13, 30. Jesus said, at that time, the word there is kairos. I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, that's the lost, and tie them in bundles to be burned, that's hell. Then gather the wheat, that's you, and bring it into my barn. I'm looking forward to Jesus' barn. Meaning his house, meaning heaven, meaning glory. And so when he comes, he's going to do some harvesting. And by using 
kairos here. At that time, he said, at that kairos, he's telling us the judgment day is the appointed time for men to answer for their sins. That's the appointed time. Now listen to the various uses of kairos because this is matters with prayer. I'm going to apply this and you're going to really get it in a minute. In Luke's gospel, we see the angel of God informing Zacharias that there was an appointed time for his son, John the Baptist, to be born. So when the angel appeared to John when he was in the Holy of Holies making the sacrifice as high priest, the angel appeared and said, Elizabeth is going to have a child. The fullness of Kairos had arrived. Once more in Luke, Jesus predicts that Israel would be judged. Watch this. Why? Jesus said, because you didn't recognize the time, the Kairos of God's coming to you. You didn't recognize the time. You weren't aware that God was visiting you and calling you to repentance. Paul encourages believers, let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due kairos, in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. So what we're doing, right? Some of you are sowing. Some of you are reaping. Some of you got a bunch of seed in the ground and you're thinking, well, where's God? Because you're living by chronos and not kairos. You're measuring God by your calendar and your watch. And you're going, good grief. I prayed for that a week ago. Where's God? And we don't understand that God does not answer prayer by chronos. He answers by kairos. God doesn't say, well, I get it. You're impatient. You need me to move. So, okay, I'll move. No, no, no. Listen carefully to me. God does not microwave his purposes for us. He marinades purpose. He marinades purpose. Let me give you an example. I remember one Thanksgiving very, very well. Kathy was cooking turkey as usual, and all the family was over there. The cowboys were about to play. It was almost 3 o'clock, and the smell, the fragrance of this turkey was torturing me <laughs> and tormenting me. And I finally went in there and said, hey, Kathy, come on. Cowboys are about to play. When are we going to eat? She said this to me. She said, Jeff, it's in the oven. Leave it alone and give it time, or you're not going to like what you eat. Now, you know where I'm going with this. She was roasting. She was doing something. That turkey had to be cooked. It could not be microwaved. There's some things you can't speed up. Some things are not a Kronos issue. They are Kairos issues. It is a matter of you and I learning to wait for the seasons of God. Come on, everybody. One day, this is really something, the book of Acts says that as Governor Felix was listening to the Apostle Paul speak, Paul reasoned about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment, and Felix got nervous. He was coming under conviction, and he says to Paul, go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, and the word he uses, kairos, which is another translation of kairos, opportunity is translated from kairos. When I get an opportunity, a season, another season, I will summon you. See, Felix wanted to pick his own opportunity to respond to the gospel, ignoring the God-ordained moment, the God-ordained opportunity that God was giving to him right then and right there by having the greatest man of God on the planet talking to him about Jesus that very moment. And he said, not now, another kairos. From everything we know historically, Felix died lost. Because you see, folks, God gives us an opportunity to do things.
He gives us a moment to act, a moment to respond. And here's where I'm going with this. See, when God gives you a season, he gives you an opportunity. When God comes knocking, we need to come answering. Because that opportunity won't stay. It'll move down the road and find somebody else that'll do it. So while you've got your strength and while you've got your wits about you and while you can get out of bed and you can get out of a chair and you can walk and you can function, serve God. Paul regularly stressed the urgency of responding to the gospel. He said, I tell you, now is the time, kairos, of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. We're right now living in God's kairos to be saved. It's his season. You can be saved right now. Call out on the name of the Lord, but it won't always be there. There's a window of opportunity to accept God's salvation, and we do not know when that window will close. We do not know. When I was a young man, probably about 17, and I had gotten away from Christ. When I got saved in juvenile home at 16, I didn't know how to walk with God. I didn't know anything about anything. So I wandered, I strayed, I drifted, and I didn't really know what to do. I didn't know to read the Bible. I didn't know to go to church. I was saved in jail. No one told me. And two friends came knocking on my door one day, two old drug buddies who had gotten saved and spirit-filled and were serving God, and they invited me to a Bible study. And I remember just not being able to wait to close that door on them. They were both carrying Bibles, and I took one look at their face and said, oh, no. <laughs> they said, hey, Jeff, we got a Bible study, a great Bible study in South Dallas. We'd love for you to come. I said, hey, you know, I'll think about it. Hey, see you later. <laughs> and I remember when the door closed and I turned around, there was a presence in that room. Listen, I'm not kidding. There was a presence in that room. And you know what that presence said? Do it now. Respond now, Jeff. Go to that Bible study because I see what you don't see. You're at a fork in the road, son. You need to respond while my grace and my kairos, my season for you to respond is here. Don't walk away. It was in the room. In the room. I mean, it was like Jesus was standing in the room. And I said, I'm going. I went that night. I had an incredibly powerful experience with the Holy Spirit of God. It totally turned my life around. I was on fire from that moment on. Within a year, I was preaching and teaching and have been doing so ever since. And I want you to look. The kairos was there. The moment to respond. Jesus' first recorded sermon was simple. The time, kairos, has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The time, the season, it's here. As Christians, we're exhorted to take advantage of God-ordained seasons to serve the Lord. Paul said, as we have opportunity, kairos, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. He said in Ephesians 5, 16, we must be making the most of every opportunity, kairos, because the days are evil. God is opening doors. He's giving you opportunity. There are things that you can do, places you can go, ways that you can serve him. Take advantage of that. Because it won't always be there. Jesus himself said, night comes when no man can work. Now, here's my point regarding answered prayer. If there's a right time for everything, then there's also a wrong time. It may not be a wrong request, but it may be the wrong time. 
And if it's the out-of-season time for our prayer to be answered, God says, wait. He doesn't say no. He just says, wait. When God's hand came on me to preach, oh, my heart burned. Oh, my Lord. It just ate me alive. I wanted to preach the word so bad. I could not understand why God didn't launch me into full-time ministry. Because, and I would say to him, Lord, the world's going to hell in a handcart. And here I sit painting offices at night. Now, there's anything wrong with painting offices at night. But I was wanting to preach. I preached to the walls. I preached to squirrels and birds in the forest. I preached to anything I could. I wanted to declare the Word of God. And now I see that God was saying to me, Jeff, my purpose is not microwave, it's marinated. And I want you to learn some things. When God tells us to wait, He's telling us to learn and to grow and to trust and to walk and to seek and to learn to wait with confidence and wait with joy because when the season arrives and the fullness of time comes and the door finally opens, believe me, you're going to need everything you learned in that waiting time. God said through Habakkuk, the vision is yet for an appointed time. That's Kairos. But at the end, it will speak. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it shall surely come. It's for an appointed time. You're not wrong about your vision. You're not wrong about your prayer. You're just wrong about the time. So hang on and trust. Amen. I'm going to get this CD. I need to hear this. I'm going to need this by Tuesday. Do you know there are a lot of things that are happening in my life right now I thought was going to happen 30 years ago? Now, I'm not saying that to discourage you. But we got to understand, God does not think like us. He answers prayer according to kairos, seasons, not according to chronos and our timetable. So delay, say with me, delay Delay. is not denial. So God may be saying to you today, it's in my will for you, just not now. And then there's always when God says yes, when a prayer is answered in His will, when it's prayed in His will and in the right season by a blood-bought child of God, and God answers speedily. He will, for instance, always immediately answer the prayer of salvation. If you're out there and you don't know Jesus and you were right now to say, Lord, forgive me. I have sinned against you. Come into my heart and be my Savior. He would instantly answer. He never says to a lost person, wait. He says, today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. He immediately answers the prayer of repentance when a child of God sins. And we go to him and we say, Lord, please forgive me. He immediately answers that prayer. He immediately answers the prayer of casting your cares upon him by giving you his peace that passes understanding. So there are prayers where God just says, yes, you've got it and you've got it now. But Jesus said, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, and don't give up. And one last thing, what if your heart is right with God and you've prayed in faith and you fully believe you're praying according to his will and he still doesn't answer your prayer? And you don't get it. Lord, I've done all the right things. I've passed this prayer through the sifter of the Word of God. I don't understand why I've asked for this, and it's not here. What's going on, God? I don't get it. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. There's no sin in my life. I don't. Where where are you? And we can say with David, how long, O Lord? And Lord, why aren't you answering me? David prayed often, 
many times in the Psalms. Here's the answer. God is all-knowing, and He can see things I can't. And I've got to trust Him. The Bible says, I want you to trust God with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Isn't that what it says? I'm reading it. Trust in the Lord with part of your heart. Oh, I'm sorry. I misread that. With all your heart. And he's talking to a person in conflict here. This person is looking at things with their own understanding and saying, I don't get it. Why haven't you this? Why haven't you that? Why, when I thought you were going to go this way, you went that way? And why, when I was expecting this, I'm seeing that or nothing at all? What's going on, God? He's talking to somebody in conflict with their faith. He says, the answer is you trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path guaranteed. God says, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I see what you don't see. Even the great apostle Paul said, we see through a glass dimly. I see on my best day like I'm in a fog. I don't see what God sees. But the day will come. I will understand why he didn't answer or that he was working the whole time I thought he wasn't. We see so little. We see so little. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. I've told you I have a file, and there's a file in my mind, and the file is marked things I don't understand. And that file gets thicker with the years. Things I don't understand. But listen, folks, that doesn't mean I walk away from God. That doesn't mean I say, well, it's not real. I'm just, you know, there's no God because clearly he's not answering me. No, no, no. I trust him with all of my heart. When I don't understand his hand, I trust his heart. When you've done everything right and there's no answer and it doesn't seem to be anything happening, he may be working behind the scenes in ways you have no clue about. And you got to keep on keeping on with God. Well, that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed the message and that you understand a little bit better why some prayers go unanswered. And speaking of answered prayer, the Lord led us many years ago to go on radio with the Word of God. We did what He said. And for the first few years, we were on just one station and stayed faithfully at the helm, doing what He had directed. In fact, just five years ago, we were still on just one station. But then suddenly doors began to open right and left so fast we could hardly keep up. Prayers that we had prayed years before suddenly were answered in God's perfect timing. Now Life Talk is on over 500 radio stations across the United States. And along with this exciting growth, we've launched a brand new Life Talk website I'd love for you to visit. Just log on to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. From there, you'll be able to listen to today's message just like you heard it. And you can also order copies of today's and previous radio messages. And you can access podcasts of all of our messages as they were delivered at Turning Point Church. And last but not least, you can partner with us in giving. 
Life Talk is a listener-supported outreach. We believe that God has called us to carry His Word to the entire world. If you would like to help make that happen, just click on the Giving tab on the lifetalkradio.us website, and it will tell you exactly how to go about helping. And again, thank you so much for your support. And join me again next time for another exciting message from our life-changing series, Pray Through, where we're going to be looking at persevering prayer. Until then, may God bless you richly is my prayer. Why Your Prayers Aren't Answered is the second message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Pray Through. You can own a copy of this six-CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Pray Through, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener supported ministry. We exist to bring God's word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Thank you.